The David Cassidy Connections with Louise Poynton. Cherish the legacy. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the David Cassidy Connections, your podcast all about David, his fans, music and friendships people have because of David and those cherished memories. I'm your host, Louise Poynton, and today I'm thrilled to welcome my guest, blogger and fan, Veronica Syringa. Born and brought up in Poland, Veronica is developing a growing following with her blog titled Talking About David. A former teacher and librarian, she started her unique blog last December, writing about his career from rock star to Broadway actor offering fresh, original content. In our conversation, she talks about life in Poland when it was a communist country and how being a Cassidy fan has opened up a world of travel, allowing her to build friendships across the globe. Last year, Veronica recorded a story for my podcast about the miracle of David and how he unknowingly changed her life. We start with this powerful recollection before moving on to our conversation. But I want to tell you about something that happened to me because of David Cassidy, something which changed my life for better. One of my daughters is a very successful, glamorous, beautiful woman in her early thirties. But she is also a very depressive kind of person. And for many years we had a very difficult relationship. I felt very guilty because I divorced her father. And we had really difficult time when she was growing up and I was fighting with depression and I was drinking um, too much. And because of this guilt I felt, I started losing her. We stopped talking or meeting with each other. And about two years ago, one night, a miracle happened. And I want to tell you that I don't believe in life after death or anything like that. But that night I was sitting in my room and reading about David and thinking how such a man, a man who had everything you could think of, was so unhappy, depressive and alone. You know what I mean? And suddenly I felt like this he came to my room in person, stood behind my chair put his hands on my shoulders and took the heavy backpack full of stones I was carrying for many years. He took away this guilt I felt. And I understood that the only thing I could do was not to feel guilty, but be with my daughter when she needed me and giving her that unconditional love. From that night, our relationship change so amazingly that now we are real friends we started talking again we spent a lot of time together now i can really help her she asked me what happened and i told her about david and sometimes we also talk about him how important is to not be afraid to start again and to do what we love doing, no matter what others say. You can say it was just a coincidence and maybe it was time for me to change my attitude at last. I don't know. I feel I've understood a lot about myself because of David and the story of his life, which he shared with us. 
I will be always grateful for that. Now, your blog is being read across the world, isn't it? Tell us the countries. My blog is uh, the most read in the United States, uh, not in Great Britain. Uh, I think uh, uh, I've been thinking about it. Why, really? <laughs> I think that uh, UK fans uh, know a lot about David. So that's the reason. Uh, so a lot of things... Um, I'm writing about, uh, they just know, really everywhere in uh, South, uh, all over Europe, uh, also in Russia, uh, Romania, uh, Czech Republic also, and uh, uh, in South America, uh, Brazil, Argentina, Paraguay, in Asia, uh, Nepal, India. <laughs> yes, but not, not in Africa. Only once I just uh, noticed when someone from, uh, you know, a new country is a, a new reader. It amazed me really because, uh, first of all, I write for myself. Uh, that's great thing that so many people from all over the world want to read uh, about David and they still care. So this is something very nice. What does it mean to you to be able to write about David and his life journey and the legacy that he has left the world? This is a very difficult question. <laughs> this is very difficult because I know, uh, of course, I can say it's very important for me, but how and why, another question, maybe not why, but how uh, important. And this is something... Uh, my family, members of my family uh, or my friends ask me, uh, the first question is, of course, who is David Katzen? And the second <laughs> and the second is, why do you write about him? And I usually answer, uh, this is a kind of my hobby, you know, I can say, because uh, this is something I love doing. I love reading about him. Uh, I think the story of his life was extraordinary. It's extraordinary, it's something amazing. It's, uh, you know, a reddish film script, really. It's something I do every day. Writing uh, my blog, it's, it's very easy for me. I mean, this is something very natural. And um, first of all, I, I want to write about uh, his music because for me, David was, you know, uh, a great, fabulous singer, uh, very underrated. So writing about his music, about those stories behind his songs. And this is something he uh, said himself, that this is a story, uh, you know, behind uh, every song. I, I love writing about uh, people who work with him. Sometimes uh, I read something interesting and I want to share with fans or sometimes uh, a new post uh, results from the previous one. Every, every time, you know, something happens, those online meetings, uh, for example, last month I wrote uh, about uh, the online meeting uh, made by, uh, I think I love you, uh, Animal Foundation. Like my blog has its own life, so to speak. For example, with those short stories uh, I wrote, it was <laughs> quite out of the blue. <laughs> I was walking in the forest. I walk a, a lot every day and suddenly, you know, uh, I've had that idea for a short story. 
And the first one I've written was Sharon from uh, Great Britain. It was just, you know, that I had an idea because this is uh, writing is uh, quite easy for me. Did you like to write stories as a little girl? No, no. Uh, on the contrary, <laughs> I never was a writing person. Uh, no, I've never had a diary or uh, writing an essay in school was uh, always a nightmare for me. So it's something which is a great surprise for me also. And it started not with a blog, but uh, I wrote a book about the in 2018. And uh, I wanted just to write everything down, everything he did in his career as a singer, actor, producer, songwriter, etc. And uh, I didn't think about publishing it. When I wrote it, some uh, my very close English friend, me, uh, she said one day, uh, you have written, uh, Veronica, you have written a book about David Cassidy and you are still so interested in him. Why don't you start writing a blog? And <laughs> it was so funny because, you know, at the time I thought that there were so many fans who knew much more about David than me and my English, uh, you know, uh, was rather basic. But first of all, uh, I never uh, was a fan. I never was a fan in the 70s, never had his albums, posters. A lot of people knew much more about David than me. Uh, last December when my mom uh, got very ill and uh, so she was taken to the hospital and uh, I, thought she, I thought that she would, uh, that she would die. And one night I was sitting in my room and at one moment, I looked at uh, David's uh, picture, which was on my wall. And uh, it was a picture when it was taken, he was looking straight at the camera. So it was like we were, you know, looking at each other for a moment. And suddenly I thought to myself, write a blog. Get up, pull yourself together <laughs> and write a blog. And, you know, I opened my laptop. It was about 1 a.m., very dark and, you know, quiet outside. And I started writing and it was the first time I forgot about the situation and instead I was writing. That night I didn't publish it because uh, I had no idea how to publish a blog. But after a few days, and I think it was 22nd of December, I published my two first entries and, you know, that's how it started, really. <laughs> I write when I want and because I always have a lot of ideas, that's, that's daily blog, really, because every day something, you know, this is something I want to write about. Are, are you learning a lot more about David by writing this blog? Yes, but I think the most uh, interesting and most moving uh, for me, the most moving thing I've, I've learned, uh, it was when I uh, written my book. This is something we uh, hear or read very often. Uh, the David Cassidy was working very hard, uh, that he was working nonstop. But only uh, when I wrote everything down, I realized how hard really he was working. And it was something, uh, you know, scary, really. Uh, for example, uh, he uh, took part in more than 600 uh, TV shows, you know, as a guest star. And being a guest star on a show, uh, it's not only means that you are, you know, 
on the show, but you know, makeup and of course, uh, most of those um, shows uh, have uh, scripts, you know, to learn. And I know that sometimes he wasn't happy uh, about it, what he, uh, you know, had to say. Uh, so those shows were like another acting, acting jobs for him. More than 150 radio interviews countless, uh, I don't know how many press interviews and photo sessions. Maybe he had only 33 credits as an actor, but among them were 96 uh, The Patrick Family episodes, uh, Men Undercover, Ruby, and at the theater more than 800 times in Blood Brothers. Uh, when he was in Las Vegas, you know, two and a half years of EFX and 50 weeks a year, 10 shows a week. So 12 uh, solo albums, eight with the Partridge family. At the Copa, so many, millions of handshakes, meeting with fans, uh, and uh, the journeys, uh, hours on the plane. So, and it was also, you know, something very stressful kind of job. When you have to be all the time on time, you know, should be smiling, etc. And sometimes, you know, he wasn't healthy. It was a job without a sick leave, so to speak. So he performed when he was, you know, with with the flu or uh, after operation. I had uh, such an operation too, a gallbladder operation, you know, and uh, I wasn't fit uh, after a month. I wasn't, you know, still uh, not very well after a month. And he had to perform while I was writing that down everything, I uh, was thinking to myself, you know, many times, why and what for, and was it worth it? And in a way, I think we know the answer to those, those questions, that maybe it wasn't worth it because of his last words. So, you know, so much wasted time. But then you could say it was worth it because of the happiness that he brought to so many people. Yes, for us, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, for us, uh, it was uh, not a not, uh, waste of time uh, at all, on the contrary, but for him. He was working, you know, very hard. I'm learning all the time, uh, sometimes, uh, some new facts, but I want to say that whatever I, I'm learning, I learn, uh, nothing uh, has changed my uh, opinion about his career or about him. I'm learning something like that, especially from uh, those uh, articles uh, from the 70s. And that's why I think uh, uh, David Cassidy's uh, website uh, is very important, uh, that we have all those articles and we can read them, have our own opinion. When did you first discover David? As, as you know, uh, I'm from Poland, and in the 70s, uh, uh, Poland was a communist country. So, and I never uh, remember uh, hearing David uh, on our radio. I was doing my homework at home uh, in my room, you know, pretending doing my homework. <laughs> the radio Luxembourg uh, was playing um, in the background because. You know, we uh, uh, listened to Radio Luxembourg a lot. Uh, that was like uh, a voice of freedom uh, for us. Uh, not a very bad, uh, not a very good quality of sound, etc. I heard a song, very short, and um, uh, it was something, uh, you know, <laughs> um, such, so unexpected. And um, 
it left me really very sad because I thought the song was very sad. Uh, it was, how can I be sure? And of course, uh, I didn't uh, know English. I had no idea what that song was about. I didn't catch the name of the singer. <laughs> uh, I knew him uh, as a voice, fabulous, uh, you know, but, uh, and some uh, time later, and uh, someone brought Bravo copy uh, to school, Bravo, a German team. There were some peaks uh, in it. So, you know, again, it was for me, wow. Uh, <laughs> I never saw anyone so beautiful and uh, so perfect. But of course, uh, we, don't, we didn't have an idea uh, who he was. Uh, I learned uh, the name. It was written, you know, David Cassidy and the Partridge family. And so I thought that uh, he had something in common with the Partridge family, whatever it was. Uh, it wasn't on our TV and uh, no one uh, knew German. <laughs> so that was the second time David uh, made me unhappy, really. Another bittersweet situation. And I only get uh, to know more when... It was his first marriage in 1977. His bride was uh, quite popular in Poland, uh, Kaylands, uh, because uh, rich men, poor men, TV series or something like that was on our TV. I read um, uh, at Polish newspapers, lovely Kaylands, married former teen idol, David Cassidy. Uh, and David Cassidy uh, is the son of... Uh, of the late Jake Cassidy, and for me it was, uh, I knew Jake Cassidy, I loved Colombo. I had no idea about that connection. I remember I was thinking to myself that it was very strange that uh, Jake was uh, David's father. So I thought to myself, that's great. I thought that Kay was uh, very beautiful and that the most uh, beautiful uh, man married the most beautiful woman. And I wasn't sorry or anything because, you know, I stopped thinking about him for many, many years. Probably in 1985, the last kiss was played on our radio, but, and again, I uh, heard about him when by a pure accident, really, uh, I saw that BBC film, Teenage Dream, uh, in 1998. Again, I was very unhappy <laughs> after watching it because, you no, know, it was just by a pure accident and, uh, that uh, I saw it because uh, we had a satellite TV. I turned on the TV and, you know, it was another, wow, David was singing those videos, girls were screaming. And when uh, the film finished, uh, you know, I was very sad because I felt that it was so unfair that uh, I hadn't a chance never to be, you know, to be the part of that story, of that excitement that I never saw in concert, the smallest poster, team <laughs> uh, make anything. And uh, in 1998, it was uh, too late. It was too late. And I felt very, you know, old and unhappy. <laughs> Were you feeling unhappy because of the circumstances of living in Poland at that time, growing up in Poland when it was still a communist country and not knowing or understanding to a large extent what it was like to be a teenager in the West? I tell you that when I was a kid, uh, you know, I took everything for granted. That was the only 
uh, world I knew. Living in a communist country means that everybody is uh, poor, everything is of bad quality, and every aspect of life is censored. So, you know, people, there are people who, you know, know better what we should uh, think, uh, you know, what we should read, uh, watch, listen to. So when I was uh, very young, I took it uh, for granted, everything. And also only when I started being interested in music that, you know, I've discovered that I live in a, in a prison, really. Uh, so I couldn't go abroad. Uh, we weren't taught uh, English or any Western languages. We were taught Russian from the very uh, early age. Not uh, knowing uh, English, for example, was very uh, frustrating for me. I wanted, I wanted to know what my favorite songs were about. We didn't have uh, books in English or newspapers. That was hard. And I only started learning English at high school. We uh, had just two classes uh, a week and it was very basic, <laughs> not interesting at all. When I started to be, be interested in music, uh, you know, that was the time I realized that the world outside the Iron Curtain, you know, looked different. Uh, for example, we sometimes saw those teen, teen marks, Bravo mostly, and sometimes someone had Western records. So we knew that something was going on outside, but we didn't know what really, because when uh, something wasn't, you know, shown or said or translated, for example, I had no idea in the 70s that Lord of the Rings or uh, 1984 or A Brave New World, that such books existed. Uh, so that was uh, the same with music. I knew only uh, that music, which was played on our radio. So mostly, you know, a Polish, Russian, uh, from other communist countries, <laughs> quite a lot of English music, I, I, I must say, but not American music, because the USA, you know, was our main enemy, so to speak. So <laughs> mm. that was very frustrating. And um, one day I came from school uh, home and I, I took my paintbrush and paints and started uh, writing uh, in very big bold letters on the wall the names of my favorite bands. I didn't have uh, posters or anything, so, you know. <laughs> I remember I started with 10CC. I was a huge fan. Rolling Stones, Mark Boland, yes, uh, King Crimson. That was really something. My mom, when uh, came back from work, <laughs> she didn't uh, know what to say, but you know, it looked quite impressive. I also want to tell you that we were quite happy in spite of everything because you know young people want to have fun want to be happy whatever 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 they live we helped each other with you know with information with uh, records you know we traveled a lot in poland there were a lot a lot of young people played music so there were a lot of underground concerts uh, you know forbidden and it was very exciting <laughs> And when I uh, was reading uh, 
uh, David's uh, book about his teenage teenage years, uh, I was smiling a lot, remembering uh, <laughs> what we did in the 70s, because we weren't interested in politics in the 70s. You know, we wanted to have fun, uh, to be happy. It's changed in the in the 80s, all there, and we started working, and the situation was, you know, worse. But uh, in the 70s, uh, the music was very, very important. <laughs> you said earlier on about listening to Radio Luxembourg. Yes, yes. It must have been a lifeline for you. Yes, that was very important, even if I didn't understand what was talking about. And a lot of music which uh, uh, wasn't played on our radio was on Radio Luxembourg. That was something we, we did every day and later talk about it uh, at school. So when were you first able to leave Poland? Actually, it was quite early. Another uh, very, very big surprise for me and another by a pure accident. Uh, I was in Rome, in Italy, uh, in December uh, 1980. So I was just 18 years uh, old. Uh, but it was, you know, a special thing because it was one of the first meetings for young people uh, organized by Teze community. Uh, so at first I even uh, didn't want to go uh, because uh, I wasn't a uh, very, you know, religious person. <laughs> and I, the most important thing was that I'm, I met with young people, you know, from Western countries because there were a, a lot, about 30,000 people from uh, Europe West Europe and us 500 Poles. And uh, in Rome, we were divided into group, uh, uh, into groups uh, because uh, the idea was that we uh, should talk with each other and you know learn something about uh, 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 young people from other countries. And I remember in my group there were people from Spain, uh, from Scotland, and uh, German, and from Germany. I met a wonderful girl from West Germany uh, who became my pal friend and she sent me a lot of food, parcels later when we had very difficult situation uh, in Poland and she invited me to Germany in 1985. That was the most important because she, uh, you know, she sent me a formal invitation. I had to get my passport and visa, etc. And anyway, uh, I uh, spent three weeks in December in 1985. Wonderful three weeks. You know, everything was different. I watched, watched for the first time in my life uh, a music video, MTV. <laughs> and I remember the first, uh, you know, video that it was Kate Bush running up the hill, and uh, of course George Michael <laughs> as Christmas. Uh, my friend, uh, she talked to me something like that. Veronica, please go return to Poland. The, no, you know, no future for you in Poland. Please stay in Germany. I will help you with everything. Uh, I think about 3 million Poles uh, emigrated from Poland, mostly young people. I think about 10 persons from my class, for example, emigrated uh, you know, to Europe, uh, USA, Canada. You know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't stay. Not that I had anything uh, against Germany. <laughs> no, no. But, uh, you know, I couldn't leave my parents, my husband, my country, you know. 
uh, we had those food stamps, stamps, food coupons, you know, for food, uh, but not only for food. Uh, the, there was time when, when uh, we had those stamps, you know, for alcohol, petrol, cigarettes. Even when I uh, was getting married uh, in 1983, uh, my husband uh, got, uh, my future husband got a coupon uh, to buy a suit and shoes, you know. There was only one shop in all Warsaw, in cool Warsaw, uh, for such things, only one kind. <laughs> and my wedding dress uh, was made by my grandmother um, from two old someone dresses. And it was one one thing to have those coupon, uh, coupons and quite another to get something. So a lot of time was wasted just to get something uh, to eat. But again, you know, I was young and happy uh, in spite of everything. I was very busy, traveled a lot in Poland. Uh, you know, I, I was studying, I was working. Uh, I had uh, a lot of friends. Uh, I got a, par a lot of parties at home, etc. So it was just the way it was. Uh, Poland uh, became free again in 1989. There are a lot of people who, for, for whom this is just history. On a brighter note, tell me how important it was when you travelled to visit places where David had lived or performed. Oh, this is something very important uh, for me, and uh, uh, I will tell you why. First, I've been uh, to London um, a few times um, because of David. I wanted to, even at one moment, I wanted to write a tour guide called uh, David Cassidy in London. I took a lot of peaks and uh, I was in many places, um, but the most uh, the most important was uh, uh, my trip to the USA uh, in 2019 because I never thought that I, I would go there. It was uh, always impossible and later it was just very, very expensive. But because of David, uh, I decided to go and I, uh, you know, I had to get my visa first and it was very funny. <laughs> uh, because um, I had a conversation with the uh, American consul in Warsaw and he asked me, uh, he was very serious, why do you want to go to the United States of America? And I said, I want to go because I'm David Cassidy fan <laughs> and I want to see, you know, his native country where he lived, etc. And he said, Cassidy, Cassidy, Sean, Sean Cassidy. I said, no, the other one. And you know, we had a big laugh uh, because he remembered that when he was very, very little, and truly speaking, he looked, uh, you know, quite old, <laughs> that he remembered watching the Partridge family. Uh, I uh, spent 17 days and everything I saw exceeded my, you know, widest expectations. I've traveled a lot in Europe and in North Africa, but I never, never saw, you know, anything. So I can't find words, really. The power of nature. We were at the most beautiful American uh, national parks. We hiked in Yosemite Park and uh, also uh, the mountains outside Las Vegas. 
and you were traveling uh, along the coast uh, from San Francisco to San Diego. Amazing uh, trip and I've met uh, a lot of uh, fantastic people, etc. And every day, every day, we uh, were uh, at the place where David Cassidy lived or, or worked. So it was very emotional for me. And the most important thing is that when I return, uh, I realized that uh, at last I've come to terms with his passing. Uh, it stopped being painful. I've understood that he, he, he became history, the li- that his life was over and nothing could be done about it. And not only I come to terms with his passing, but also the largest part of my life uh, connected with him in a way, it has passed too. I'm not young any longer, no, you know what I mean. On the contrary, I'm middle-aged and uh, grandmother. Uh, and it was very, you know, it was very important. Uh, it, it hadn't made me sad or anything. That's the way it is. So it was something uh, which I learned because of the journey. And it was very important for me. And on those journeys, you have made some wonderful friendships. Uh, the most um, important friends I've met was in 2018 on uh, uh, mostly on uh, David on the David Cassidy website. I think it was in May 2018 we created a WhatsApp group and we called ourselves <laughs> David Fan Family. We started uh, talking, writing. Uh, so uh, they told me a lot of things I uh, had no idea about. How it was really to be David Cassidy one in the UK in the 70s. And it wasn't so easy as I thought. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because some of my friends saw him concert, you know, Manchester or um, White City, but uh, n- not all of them. They, they didn't have money to buy everything, to buy those teen mugs, etc. Uh, because not everybody uh, in the UK uh, was rich in the 70s. And they share with me, you know, with a lot of wonderful stories. And also they sent me David Cassidy magazines, a giant poster it and even comic books we talked only about uh, david but later we started uh, uh, talking about uh, you know ourselves uh, about our families so i got to know a lot about you know about the uk this is very important they became real friends this is real friendship so i don't wish because we uh, you know we write every day we share everything some parents of my friends uh, during those day, uh, those three years, they died. So only when, when something like that happens, that we know uh, that we that we care, that we that it's some that we cry together. You know, this is kind of friendship. Like you don't, if you have a very good friends or a very special friend, you don't think every day that this friendship is important for you. But only when something you know really bad. Um, happens that I realize that uh, this is a real friendship, you know. They are like my sisters, I can say. And I know this is the same for them. And we met a few times um, in London, once in Liverpool. I was to come to England uh, this summer. Maybe uh, I will be able to come in September. 
you know, just to spend uh, maybe two weeks and hike, uh, <laughs> uh, see something. Uh. It's quite amazing that there are so many fans of David all over the world. Because of him and being a fan, we have all become such good friends with each other. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, and this is something, you know, this is something really extraordinary, uh, that friendship, because, because, of course, it's not only David, I think, uh, but also that we share, uh, that we are from the same generation, similar history. And I, I, I've learned that, for example, schools and teaching uh, in the UK in the 70s uh, was quite similar what I uh, mm-hmm. You know, was taught in in Poland in the 70s, except uh, English, of course. So, but yes, when I uh, met for the first time uh, with one of my friends um, in London, <laughs> it was like two sisters, uh, you know, met after many, many years. So, yes, this is quite amazing and uh, true David Cassidy's legacy, the friendship we, uh, we share. Uh, will I be listening to his music in 10 years? You know, I know that uh, nothing could be forever. Only very young uh, person uh, uh, could think such, uh, could, could, you know, think like something like that. Because everything has its uh, the beginning and its end. And I would love to see David Cassidy popular again, popular, known all over the world. I would love for example, to see uh, a contest for young singers uh, who will be singing his songs online or, you know, in the real world. I would love to see uh, a movie about him. And uh, even uh, I would love to write such a script myself. (laughs) I have some ideas, but I have to, you know, uh, get to know something about writing scripts. This is something... um, of course, very important, but I can tell you how ma- how important it is for me. Uh, I feel I'm on a kind of a mission, you know, to write about him. Uh, to and I hope that maybe my blog uh, is uh, read, or maybe will be read in the future when uh, you know someone would like to know something about David, and they start reading, uh, and you know, it will be the, the beginning of the journey to get to know him, uh, know we fans, every day we do something for him, for his legacy. You know, I write a blog, someone, David Cassidy, Great Britain uh, group, uh, you know, do those tributes, uh, online events uh, and real life events. And next year, uh, Las Vegas, uh, his star, uh, we try to do everything we can. What will be in the future? I don't know. I think I will be his fan. I will be listening to his music to the last of my days. <laughs> yeah, because I, I just love his music and uh, it's always uh, such an excitement when I hear the first, uh, you know, notes of how can I be sure or something like that. I just love his music from every decade. Uh, I'm a fan. <laughs> one of the top fans, one of the super fans. Oh, thank you. And I, I wanted uh, to say it, uh, at the beginning that uh, it's a great honor for me to be on your podcast, Louise, because I listen to your conversation very often. I learn a lot from the conversation and 
first of all, I, I appreciate that, you know, you want to put David Cassidy in broader perspective, you know, to show his place in the history of music and in the history of culture, of pop culture. And this is something which interests me, uh, you know, very much. So thank you for inviting me to be, to be here, to being one of your guests. Oh, it's lovely to have you here. Everything that you are doing with the blog is just as important for his legacy. It is, I think I said to you before, the blog is of historical importance because it will always be there. Yes. So new people will discover him and they will find your blog and they will learn even more about him and what he meant. Yes, that's that's uh, very nice. Uh, that's a very nice thought, and the same with your podcast, Louise. <laughs> we are very lucky that we, you know, we were teens in in the seventies, and that we had such uh, an idol that uh, David Cassidy was for us the most important uh, singer, and he still is not only as a singer but his life and his legacy. If you have enjoyed today's show, you can catch up with all episodes on your preferred podcast provider. Review and subscribe so you will be among the first to hear when new episodes are released. This also helps more people find us. You can read more about Veronica and her story in my book Cherish David Cassidy, A Legacy of Love, and you can find her blog by searching talkingaboutdavid.blogspot.com.